You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. your fans and welcome to another episode of the grace burger show a production of assembly call on the back home network this is our fifth of 12 episodes throughout the season as we give you more insight into the iu women's basketball program and to grace burger herself by the way the women's team up to number eight in the associated press poll this week number six in the women's poll and they have a big game that we'll talk about a little bit later coming up with the university of maryland terrapins who actually if i read the polling right or flip-flopped with them they're number six in the ap poll and number eight in the coaches so kind of an interesting dynamic but we also want to try and let you get to know grace herself better as we go through these so i'm your host jeff marlow alongside the aforementioned grace Berger. and as we record this on december 30th i yeah you women were supposed to play tonight at Rutgers, but it was postponed due to COVID issues inside the Rutgers program. So Grace's schedule is pretty fluid right now. And I just want to thank her for taking some time for this episode. And Grace, welcome. And any opening remarks you'd like? No, I mean, thank you for, you know, working with my fluid schedule. And I'm glad that we could figure something out and have a good show tonight. I'm really looking forward to it. And it's really been a great experience for me. Uh, Let's go back, you know, Christmas break. Just uh, when did you guys get a chance to go home? How long were you home for? I know coach gave you guys opportunity last year. You didn't get to get home, right? You you couldn't go home. We didn't didn't get to go home. Um, This year we got a couple of days. We went home right after our game. Um, That was pretty early on the 23rd. And then um, we got three or four days at home. And then we returned for a, a late evening practice on the 27th. So um, it was, you know, a, a great time, especially because like you mentioned, we didn't get that chance last year. So we were all super grateful just to, um, I think, kind of chill a little bit, um, maybe step away from basketball for a little bit and just kind of enjoy our families um, for, for Christmas. So that was it, was, it was very nice for all of us. Yeah. And so you had roughly three days, you said. Um, do you have any siblings? We haven't asked you a whole lot about your family. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have an older sister. Um, she's 27. And then I have an older brother that is um, 25. So being the youngest in the family, they probably, you know, I, I want to say beat up, but they, they, they the, the, I was the, the youngest in my family. So the older okay. brothers always took advantage of me on the athletic field, whether it was football or basketball. Same way for you? Yeah, my, my, my sister wasn't too into sports. Um, she was a dancer, but my brother, he was you know, played basketball, football, those growing up. So he definitely beat up on me. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> and that's awesome. Uh, from the standpoint that, you know, just kind of share that dynamic. I mean, with being the youngest in the family. Um, so hopefully you got some good presents and things you that you wanted. Mm-hmm. I did. Favorite I did. present, favorite present from Christmas or the one that, you know, you've, you've been able to use the most so far. Um, my sister got me a, an ornament um, that was looked like my two dogs that I have at home. And so I'm a big dog lover um, and I, I love my two dogs. So um, that was, you know, n- nothing too big, but it was definitely a nice little surprise. What kind of dogs? Um, I have a golden doodle, a miniature golden doodle, and then a Maltese. Okay. All right. So that's nice. You know, that's awesome. And like I said, they're both, they're both back at home with in Louisville. So you come back. And you're supposed to play at Rutgers tonight. And again, we don't really want to wholly get into this for the whole episode. But 
just what are some of the issues, or I shouldn't say issues, what are what are some of the things you have to deal with here kind of day to day, What how the coaching staff and the team handles a game being postponed with Rutgers and just right now kind of the unknown of what's going to happen from day to day? Um, I mean, I think we're definitely getting into a phase where it kind of, it feels more like last year, I think at the beginning of the season, just because we had fans back and, you know, we were, a lot of us were vaccinated and it was maybe a little more relaxed in terms of, uh, you know, not having to do some of the protocols, protocols, not having to wear masks, not being worried about games getting canceled. But um, as, as we got closer to Christmas, obviously we, this is our second game canceled now. So I think um, we're just really focused on getting back to um, what helped us and what got us through last year um, because we didn't have a case all of last year. So I think we're just getting, you know, getting back to doing some of those things um, and, and just being smart and, and really focusing on basketball. Um, and then, I, you know, hopefully on our end, we won't have to cancel anything, um, but we can't obviously, we know we can't control what goes on um, with other teams. So we're just staying focused on us and just working to get better. And you may not know the answer. Is there, have they talked about rescheduling the Rutgers game or how will, will that be replayed, be played at a different date? Yeah, I don't, I don't really think anybody knows the answer. I think that's, you know, something that we've heard a couple of different things, but um, right now um, I myself at least don't know anything. Okay. And, and just, again, we don't want to make this about the whole episode about COVID, but obviously the men were supposed to play last night. Their game got canceled. As you mentioned, you had a game with Wright State that was canceled before Christmas and now this game. So it, it, it's just something that on a daily basis, or not day, at least game by game basis right now, it seems like you guys are dealing with. And so I was curious how, you know, you guys, and I think that's a great answer that you gave and, and just kind of curiosity on your own opinion. Do you think it's easier for a team, a veteran team like you guys who have kind of been through it rather than a team maybe that young a bunch of younger kids or kids would come in through the portal and maybe had not dealt with it as much as you guys you know or, or dealt with it successfully as you guys did last year yeah for sure I mean like you said we have a lot of returners that were so successful at, at staying safe and doing the right thing so we kind of know know what it takes on our end um, to make sure that we're right we're ready to, and, and able to play um, and, and staying safe and keeping each other safe so um, I, I think since we've been through it now, we kind of know what to do, what to, we know what to expect. Um, so nothing can really, can really throw us off. And, and, and we're looking forward to watching you guys play here because pretty much all big 10 games left now. And so games that were going to help us help you guys help us as fans, get you, re- you know, get ready for the tournament and hopefully down the line and everything. So mm-hmm. let's go back before Christmas though. Um, you guys, uh, since we last talked, You've been on a four-game winning streak. You defeated um, Fairfield, mm-hmm. uh, went to Ohio State, and had a big win at Ohio State that I want to—I'll you know, get into here in a minute. Uh, then came back and beat uh, Western Michigan and mm-hmm. Southern Illinois. Yeah, those were um, and the Southern Illinois first half, at least score-wise and such, may have been one of the best halves you guys have put together this year. Uh, but let's kind of go back to the Fairfield game a little bit and just real quick. I mean. A really good game between you, McKenzie, and Lexa, all three of you right around 20 or more. Just if you remember much about that game, what what do you recall? Um, yeah, I mean, I think um, we had kind of been going through some struggles offensively before that game um, as individuals and as a team, and the ball just might not been a, been going in the basket. Um, and so we were really looking forward to get, getting back on the court um, because I was, I believe that was right after the NC State loss. Um, mm-hmm. Just getting back on the court and, um, you know, get, get 
seeing what we've been doing in practice to kind of, you know, change how, how um, our offense has been for the better. Um, and then just seeing some shots fall, like you mentioned for me, for Alexa. Um, and then obviously McKenzie, the shot's been falling all year, but it's always good, I think, to see multiple people clicking on offense. And we know that we have so many weapons on our team. So, um, you know, to have a, a, a couple people have a really solid night offensively was, I think, gave us good momentum going into those next couple games. Yeah, and just to sort uh, that was coming actually the last game we we talked right after was the Penn State game. So you guys have been on officially a five game winning streak, but we'd been we talked right after the Penn State game and we're getting ready for the Fairfield Ohio State game. The Grace Burger Show is presented by Farrell Wealth. Farrell Wealth was founded by former IU All Big Ten defensive end Greg Farrell, who is now experiencing IU all over again as a parent with two girls who are juniors in the IU Media School, interns at the Cuban Center, and own their own business. And, you know, Greg learned trust and integrity while playing for legendary coach Bill Mallory, traits he's worked hard to instill in his girls. He also learned how to game plan. Feral Wealth uses these principles to help high net worth individuals and business owners pursue financial success. Wealth planning is their passion, so you can live yours. Their fiduciary plans include investments, insurance, taxes, executive compensation, and charitable giving in this lifetime and beyond. Like any good team, the IU women's basketball team, for example, you need to plan and work the plan. Well, what is your plan? Contact Feral Wealth through all socials at Feral Wealth and their website, feralwealth.com. That's F-A-R-R-A-L-L wealth.com. Feral Wealth is a proud supporter of IU Athletics. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisory firm member F-I-N-R-A S-I-P-C. And that's kind of where I really wanted to get into the next talk was with that the Ohio State game, a big road game in the conference. A team that one of their and one of their best players was out, right? Um, yeah. So one of their best players, Madison Green, is actually out for the season. Um She's their point guard. So they are missing a few pieces. Yeah. And, you, and so, but again, a tough place to play. Mm-hmm. I don't think, uh, I don't think IU had won at Ohio state in several years, maybe longer than several, but just do, what do you recall about that game in terms of um, I'm trying to go back through the box score real quick here. Uh, pretty tight. You kind of, you know, pushed it open at the end of the first half a little bit, but they played you pretty well. And, 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 and I thought you guys showed some real grit to get out of a, a tough place with a win. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think actually we, we beat them um, there last year, but I think that was the first win um, okay. Coach Warren and our staff had actually had over Ohio state um, in the seven or eight years that she had been here. So um you know, it's always a big deal. We know that Ohio State pretty much ran the Big Ten for a long time. And they're always, you know, putting such a good product on the floor, have really talented players, obviously a really good coach. Um, so, you know, we're always super excited to play them because I think it just shows how far, you know, everyone is special. But I think when you beat a team like Ohio State, that's always been one of those top programs. It just shows how far our program has come. Um, and, you know, they used to beat us by 40 and, and 30 points a couple of years ago. So to kind of come around and um, have a, a 20 point easy win over them. Um, not that it was easy, but um, just to feel like we were, we were clearly the better team um, in that game. It was something that I think is monumental for our program. And it just, you know, feels extra special to kind of show how far we've come. Yeah. And, and you mentioned McKenzie's played well, really kind of all year. She had mm-hmm. 30 points that day. 
you had 21 though. And you, and along with, uh, I'm looking at the stat sheet here real quick, seven rebounds and five assists. Um, and then Nikki, uh, Nicole Cardano Hillary had 17, excuse me, to go along with seven rebounds as well. So a, di- a little bit of a different group. A game before Alexa had played, had scored well. Now this game, Nikki, just a little bit. Uh, when you guys are in practice or or watching film, is it something you guys notice that you can get the different contributions from the different people on a given night? Um, I mean, I think we're all very aware that um, that's one of the strengths of our team is that any five, you know, all five players on the floor at any times are a threat to score the ball, are a threat to rebound the ball, to um, you know, break down people and make plays off the bounce. So I think a lot of times when you're kind of going into a game and preparing for a different team, they have maybe one or two key players that, you know, you have to keep quiet. But I think with us, it's tough because on an, any given night, you have, you know, five, six, seven different girls that can go off for 15, 20 points. So I think it, it makes us extremely hard to prepare for because a lot of teams um, throughout the country um, really don't have that, that much um, kind of diversity in their scoring. And so that puts you at two and zero in the league, and mm-hmm. and is that something that you guys are aware of? I mean, obviously you're aware you're two and zero, but I, my question more about are you aware that I always felt like as a coach that was some I would tell kids is like when we're undefeated in the league, everybody else is up there chasing us. It, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have margin for error, but it's always better to be on top rather than at least I felt, and maybe that's kind of what I'm trying to ask you. Do you feel the same way that it's better to be on top and having everybody chase you rather than feel like you got to get some help down the line if you want to get back in the race? Oh, definitely. I mean, our goal is to win every single game in the Big Ten, and we feel like we have the talent um, to do that and to win, you know, the Big Ten regular season championship. So we're not necessarily worried about what other teams think and whether they're chasing us or not. We're just focused on winning one game at a time. And, and we feel that we have the talent to compete with anyone and we have the talent um, to win, win the big 10. And that's, you know, ultimately our goal. And then came back and played a Western Michigan team that um, record wise was six and two coming in, you get the win coach Morin wasn't very happy in the post game. And was that something that you guys felt right away in the locker room or at least the next day in film? Yeah, I mean, we knew that that she was – I mean, we were all disappointed with that game too. It's not anything that she kind of had to make us aware of. We were all um, – you know, we're all super competitive, so we were all, you know, equally um, disappointed with our performance. Um, so she just kind of talked to us about not being afraid to dominate teams, not being afraid to put teams away, and not focusing maybe on the level of play of our opponent, but really just focusing on ourselves because – um, obviously things down the road get a lot harder in the big 10 and as the season continues. And so, um, we, we can't, you know, miss an opportunity to keep getting better. So whether we're up by 20 or down by 20, we just need to keep, you know, focusing on ourselves and, and our game plan and what we can do, um, to ultimately, you know, put the best product that we can on the floor. Yeah. And I, I don't want to put you in too bad a spot here, but it's like when coach Morin is telling the press that after the game, that she wasn't very happy, she she doesn't strike me as somebody who's a ranter, a screamer in the locker room. I mean, is it more of just kind of almost a, a parental type, you know, just kind of disappointment in the way the, the team played? Yeah, I mean, she's not a big yeller or screamer. I mean, we all have a really good relationship with her. So I think she feels like she can just talk to us. And um, again, she knows that that we, you know, our, our, our veteran team, we kind of know what's going on. Um, so when she's disappointed about something, I think normally she knows that, that we pretty much are 
already are disappointed ourselves. So, um, you know, we, we, we know to listen to her. So she, she doesn't really have to scream. And then you finished up before the break with Southern Illinois. I mentioned a little bit at the beginning. Uh, that's a game that you guys led coming off of the Western Michigan game that we just mentioned. You led mm-hmm. 38 to eight at the half. So it had to be a completely different feeling from just a few days before with Western Michigan at the half to where you were in that game with Southern Illinois. Yeah. And we actually knew um, going in that Southern Illinois was a pretty good team because they, um, you know, had just beaten Illinois pretty easily um, Mm -hmm. a few weeks prior. So I think um, we knew that that we were going to have a really good opportunity to kind of get back and um, be a lot better than we were in the Western Michigan game. So I think um, we definitely came out maybe a little extra motivated, um, especially on the defensive end, I think, um, at the beginning of that game. So it, it was definitely awesome to see them only have eight points at halftime. Yeah, and, and for the game, you guys held them to 27% from the field. So obviously the defense really did ratchet up a little bit. Um, just about you personally here over the course of that stretch. And, and the last time we talked, you had mentioned that you were struggling. You felt like you yourself were struggling with your shot. But over that four-game stretch, and I'm hopefully not jinxing anything, uh, <laughs> but you've you've seemed to have found your 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 shooting strokes. Uh, if I do my math right, 61% from the field over those four games and 93% at the line. Was there is it are you gonna chalk it up to hard work, or was there something maybe you tweaked or did differently to kind of get your your shot back or your confidence back? Um, no, I mean, I don't think I was ever I ever lost confidence or anything like that. Um, just because I've been playing basketball a long time and um, a shooting slump is, is something that I don't think any basketball player can necessarily escape, no matter how good you are, you know, the best players in the world go through shooting slumps. So um, I, I mean, I, I didn't freak out. I knew I could still do other things. Um, and I knew that the ball would eventually um, go in. It kind of stunk that I was, I was in that shooting slump maybe at the beginning of the season, but um, I'm glad I kind of got it out of the way and I feel you know, super confident going into big 10 season, but um, I never freak out when I have a bad shooting game because, you know, I trust, trust my work and what I've done to, to get me to this point will um, eventually pay off um, in the games. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a great lesson for younger players who are coming up through the middle school, the high school ranks for here to hear somebody like you say that, that you, you know, you've had some success. You've been to a first, you know, all big 10 selection. You've been on a, a USA team to know that it happens to everybody. And you just got to kind of keep plugging away. I think that's great advice. I hope some of our young, you know, hopefully some younger listeners get to hear that. I think that's great advice you just gave. And I will agree with you from a coaching perspective and a former player's perspective, always hard to go through it, but better to have it early in the year than at the end of the year absolutely. Absolutely. so absolutely um so you have maryland coming up all mm-hmm. right and we're recording this on december 30th and so you got maryland scheduled for january 2nd that game is on espn uh, mm-hmm. and, and looking forward to that to see you guys on national tv um first of all let's kind of talk about maryland a little bit what do you know about them Besides the kind of the obvious, I mean, is there any players that we should be watching for as we watch the game? Um, I mean, the thing kind of like I mentioned about us earlier, uh, Maryland's the same way in that at all times they have five players that are um, threats to score um, on the basketball court. So they're really tough to guard to prepare for because you're not just preparing for um, one player. But I think um, their point guard, um, Ashley Owusu, is one of the best players in the league, one of the best players in the nation. And she's kind of their engine that makes them go. So 
Um, I think anybody's game plan when they're playing Maryland is to to slow her down um, and then tr- try to keep her quiet as much as you can because, you know, she's such a dominant player. And um, like I said, she kind of does all the little things for them and really makes them go. So I think um, she she's probably the main player to watch out for on our end. Okay. And I noticed they have – I did print off their stats. Angel Reese is leading them in scoring, at least mm-hmm. right now, at 18 points a game. Um, what do you know about her? Um, so she was hurt um, for the majority of last year. Um, she was really talented coming out of high school, really good player, but um, we weren't able to play her last year because um, she was sidelined with a foot injury. So um, she, you know, we saw her a little bit down in the Bahamas and obviously we've seen her on TV and watching film on her. Um, she's, she's really difficult because she is probably six two six three and really long, but she plays a lot like a guard. So I think um, she's, she's really difficult to guard, um, really good at scoring the ball really good defensively. So she's definitely someone that, that will be, um, you know, prepared for when we go into that game. And if I recall, you only played them once last year, correct? Yes. We played them only once out there and it ended up being a four point game, a game that you got behind in early. But again, I, I think it was one of those games for me last year, watching you guys where I really felt you had a chance to, as you showed at the end of the year to kind of have a special, a special mm-hmm. team because in the, I hate to say pass, but those are the kind of games that used to be, they just got away. But th- last year, you guys, you you dug in and you fought back and you actually scored. I believe I went back and looked at it, 33 points in the fourth quarter against Maryland last year to make that a, a pretty much a one possession game by the end, if I recall. Yeah, um, you know, that I think since I've gotten here and I think Maryland kind of has um, the reputation of really jumping on you early and getting down um, early. But I think the difference between last year and maybe years past when I've been here is we didn't you know, lie down when they got up on us. I think it was 10-0 last year. So um, we just kept chipping away. We kept trusting the game plan. And obviously, like you said, ended up making it a competitive game. But um, this year, we, you know, we know what to expect with them. So we're hoping that that we can kind of jump on them in the first five minutes as opposed to the opposite way around and then hopefully control the game from there and not um, have to fight back like we did um, last year. Support for the Grace Burger Show is brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel, where they have one of the most extensive collections of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere. And it's not just IU apparel. They have over 100 colleges and universities. And what they do is they go back into history and they pull out old vintage brand marks that haven't been used in a long time, but that still look really cool and that have this really great kind of nostalgic appeal and they pull them into modern day and they've created such a great niche because you know a the the actual material that their stuff is printed on the shirts the crew neck sweaters the hoodies it's really comfortable it holds up when it's washed and then the logos all look just so cool it's just such a unique niche uh that they have and you can go to homefieldapparel.com uh, again, look through over 40 items uh, of IU apparel. IU is their original school, and so that's what they have the most of. But you can also browse through all of their other colleges and universities as well. And when you're ready to purchase, if it's your first time there, use the promo code HOME, H-O-M-E. That will give you 15% off your first order. So again, it's homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, for 15% off your first order. Now back to the show. And you mentioned Ohio State had kind of been the big kid on the block for a while. And here the last five, six years, Maryland has been the big kid on the block. And so, and sometimes they almost play like that. When At least when I watch them on TV, they, they play with the kind of a swag that, you know, it's like, 
yeah, we're here and we know who we know nine times out of 10, they're probably the best team on the floor and they play like that. Now come, come Saturday, excuse me, come Sunday. I think the best team on the floor is going to be wearing white, but that's my personal opinion. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I don't know if they'll think that, but we definitely do. So just curious. So as, uh, when did you guys find out that the Rutgers game wasn't going to be played? Um, I mean, we found out like an hour before it was announced to everybody else because, um, you know, like I said, everything really is so fluid. So yeah. we really don't find out. Um, the Western Michigan was was the day of the game. So that was the first time we had had a game canceled uh, on the day of. So at least with Rutgers, we, you know, we had started preparing for them, but we hadn't gotten too deep into the scout or anything like that. So, um, it, it you know, it, it was nice to know a few days in advance. So did you immediately start getting ready for Maryland then? I mean, from a coaching staff to players, did you start getting ready for Maryland as soon as you knew you weren't going to New Jersey? Yeah, we, we took a day off afterwards and then um, obviously completely flipped our mind away from Rutgers and onto Maryland. And then um, we'll have a good like three days of prep for, for Maryland. So, um, you know, I think that'll definitely benefit us. Yeah, and I just was I was just curious about that because I, I I wanted to know how quickly maybe a coaching staff would switch from that. And, and the day off is kind of an interesting thing. Right now, are, uh, there's not very many students on campus, is there? No, we're not very many people here at all. Yeah, I just assume pretty much at, at this point, just athletes? Yeah, for the most part. Um, and really, there's not even that many athletes here. It's just men's and women's basketball that I see around. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, so we get Maryland coming up and then you're also going to have, you go to Wisconsin, mm-hmm. you come back for Nebraska um, as well as it, this is the next five games for our people who are watching and listening. Um, and then at Purdue and then Michigan state, those are your next five counting in the Maryland game. Who should, who are some players that we're watching that we should be watching for maybe from a Wisconsin, Nebraska, as we record this, we were talking about off the air before we came on that uh, Nebraska just lost their first game of the year tonight at Michigan state. So, but who are some t- kids that players that we should be watching for these teams that you guys will be watching on film and, and maybe given a, a little bit more of a, an emphasis on the scouting report. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you mentioned Michigan state and I think um, it's hard to, um, you know, talk about that without mentioning Nia Cloud, and she scored 50 points last week. Um, oh, wow. I'd missed that. Yeah, so she scored 50 points um, and just had a really dominant game. And she's been really good all last year or all this year. Um, and then last year, obviously, we, you know, she kicked us out of the Big Ten tournament. So um, we, we have a lot of respect for her. And we know she's going to be one of the hardest players to prepare for in the Big Ten just because she is such a dynamic scorer. Um, and then I think that, you know, Wisconsin, um, they have a few players that always seem to, you know, really get up to play us and, and play really well, make shots. Um, they have a lot of good skill players, a lot of good shooters. Their record might, you know, not be the best, but they always give us a really competitive game. And it's a really hard place to play um, when you go to Wisconsin. Um, and then Nebraska has, like you said, been playing really well. They were undefeated before. Um, obviously, Michigan State knocked them off tonight. But um, you know, they're one of those teams that just have a really, a lot of really good dynamic players, um, guards and posts. So I think it's challenging. Um, and it'll really, you know, force us to have to defend and sit down and defend, um, and, you know, take pride in that end and not let them, um, get easy baskets because we know that they're, they're really good players. They're going to make plays, but, um, hopefully we can make everything hard for them. 
was Nebraska a place last year? Seems like maybe I may be getting my games mixed up here. Was Nebraska a game where it was fairly close down the street? I might not have been Nebraska were play, that was playing. I remember watching Nebraska. And I thought it was IU where it was a really tight game down to the end. Um, I remember two years ago, we actually played up at Nebraska. Um, and it was, you know, I think a one, two point game. Maybe it was two years ago. Yeah. So it was really competitive. I think last year we were able to get a lead on them early. Um, but two years ago, you know, they have a lot of the same players and it was, it was super competitive. And then the big rivalry game with Purdue, mm-hmm. what, what do you know, you know, and what do you know about the Boilermakers and maybe somebody to watch there? They, they've had a little bit of roster turnover, new coach with Katie Gerald's uh, former player coming back in there, but they had some roster turnover with a couple of their kids left after last year. Yeah. I mean, I think um, that'll be really interesting because um, playing Purdue in the past, I think we kind of knew what to expect because, um, their old coach had been coaching there for such a long time. And um, we kind of, you know, knew the different sets they ran and, and what to expect from certain players that we were familiar with. Um, and now, like you said, they have a lot of transfers. They have um, a lot of new kids that are kind of stepping up and um, playing bigger roles. So I think um, it'll be an interesting game. I think um, probably, you know, one of their best players, Madison Layden. Um, she's a really good shooter um, and just a really good playmaker on the offensive end. So I think she, um, you know, is, is, is much improved this year. So she'll present a challenge for us um, on the defensive end, especially. Yeah. And Madison, somebody who I saw in high school, they were in our league. So we got to see them a little bit. Um, going back to, to, to Maryland and kind of through this stretch, do any of these teams do anything maybe that you don't see from other teams, uh, you know, whether offensively or defensively, is there a zone team in here? Is there a press team? It's just, you know, cause it seems like most of the teams, I'm not trying to make it sound like it's all the same, but you kind of get, you know, most everybody man to man, they mm-hmm. run, that run some sets or run some. So is anybody in these five Maryland, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Purdue, Michigan state, anybody here that's doing something you don't normally see? Uh, I mean, in Maryland um, is, is very unusual in that they switch everything. They switch off the ball screens. They switch um, on the ball screens. They switch staggers. They pretty much switch everything. So mm. Um, I, I think it's definitely, you know, your, your reads when you're coming off a ball screen or when you're running the plays that you usually run are a little bit different when you have to play Maryland. So I think um, whenever we play them, we kind of have to flip, flip a switch in our mind and just think differently um, than we do in other games because, um, you know, it's unlike pretty much any team we'll, we'll see in the Big Ten that we'll see really out of conference too. Um, and then a lot of the other teams, I think they just, you know, pretty much like you said, man-to-man. Um, we do see a lot of zone, I think, because um, we're not really a um, outside shooting team. We we like to get in the paint, so a lot of teams try to um, beat us with the zone. So I think um, pretty much we'll we'll see a mix of zone um, and just regular man to man. Besides the Maryland game, now you go back to Maryland real quick, and you mentioned that they we said earlier they're two and zero. They were they had played Rutgers, which you were supposed to play uh, mm-hmm. tonight, uh, but they played Purdue. So. Um, but interesting, their two, two of their losses are to your two, to the same two teams that IU has lost to um, in um, Stanford and uh, um, NC North State. Carolina State. Yes, NC yeah. State. And then mm-hmm. also, so down in the same turn. So in the Bahamas, did you get a chance to watch them play at all? Even though you guys were in the same tournament, did you get a chance to watch them? I mean, they also beat Miami. So you guys kind of had the similar schedule down in the Bahamas. Yeah. Um... It, it was kind of hard to get to see them just with our game schedule and our practice schedule and different activities, but we were able to watch, um, I think, a half or two of, of a couple of their games. So 
but they they were a completely different team down there because they had um, a couple of people out with injuries and then a couple of their key players out with um, COVID actually. So um, they, they weren't they weren't their usual selves. Um, obviously, they still had a couple of their stars, but um, it, it definitely wasn't the Maryland that that I think everyone was used to seeing. So, but can I go back to your earlier comments? So they must feel that they're athletic enough that they can switch everything one through five. Yeah. I mean, I think Maryland's um, a type of team that um, really wants to make it a fast paced game and really wants to outscore you. So I think um, they think if they can just, you know, kind of make mix things up um, defensively and kind of make it maybe make you think a little bit, um, you know, they're honestly more probably more worried about getting the ball out and going um, and and scoring on the other end um, and just trying to keep you kind of at bay um, offensively. Okay. Um, And so as we move through the season, as, as Grace was giving us some insight, we hopefully will have more of these insights as we go through the season on these players to watch uh, in the big 10, along with these, with the IU women as well. So Grace, uh, we kind of talked beforehand, um, give you a little bit of, of um, word association kind of, favorites here just to kind of maybe let's you know not necessarily an ask me anything but just kind of some things to let people know a little bit about you uh favorite song or artist um uh, my favorite artist is is justin bieber um definitely got a favorite bieber song um love yourself it's basic but that's my favorite <laughs> all right um favorite food um anything mexican I love Mexican food. Speaking of which, I kind of that kind of led me. I was kind of interested when you what your answer was going to be. But uh, pregame meals, uh, how does that work? Is that pretty much all decided by the staff? I mean, you guys all eat the same thing for a pregame meal. Um, I mean, I think our nutritionist staff um, kind of tells us what we should be eating a couple hours before a game. So it's a lot of carbs, a lot of pasta, um, and and you know, obviously fruits and vegetables, and it's pretty consistent. Um, whether we're on the road or whether we're at home. Now, in the old days, I just know this from back in the day, every, the, the pregame meal was kind of everybody together. Has, has that changed because of COVID, or do you guys still get together in a central location to have your pregame meal? Um, we, we normally eat together. Some people kind of like to take theirs to go and go relax at home a little bit before um, the game. But a lot of us will you know, just sit in the locker room and and eat together. Um, okay. And then on the road, obviously, we are, we're all together. All right. Um, your favorite place to eat in Bloomington? Um, I have a lot of them, I think. Um, you, can go with more, you can go with more than one. With the Mexican theme, I think I have to go Three Amigos is my favorite. All right. Um, since we you are a college student, what's your favorite class? Or what has been your favorite class? This could be any time since you've been, been on campus. What's your favorite class? Um. I really like um, my, my sport marketing classes. I think that's, it's really interesting um, just to kind of see the other side of sports, the business side of sports um, as an athlete, you don't really realize all, all that goes on behind the scenes. So I think that was probably my favorite. And the last, well, actually I got two questions left. Are you a Marvel or a DC person or neither? Honestly, neither. I can't even answer that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Spider-Man was not at the top of the list to go see over Christmas break. Oh, I, I, I still might go see that um, uh, down the road, but I haven't seen that, but I still want to see it. Okay. And then, the, so my last question here, favorite movie? Um, All time favorite, or currently? 
Um, currently, my favorite movie, I'll, I'll go with Christmas, is Elf. That's my all-time favorite. All right. And now kind of secondary part of that, favorite basketball movie? Favorite Hoosiers. I have to go with the Hoosiers. I, I think our fan base will love that answer. <laughs> I really do. Um, and so from that standpoint, that was kind of the, the 30 seconds or whatever you want to call it, word association that favorites I, I had for us. Um, as you look forward, and, and, and again, I don't want to get too deep into the season as we're going to keep doing more of these episodes. Uh, but when I was looking at the standings today, you, Maryland, and Michigan, I believe, were all 2-0. And, and, and Nebraska lost, so they were, I believe, 2-0 coming into today. But now the three of you. Um, is that kind of the way you thought the league would, sh- would shake out, at least early? Um, I mean, I think, you know, those teams that you named – um, besides, I think Nebraska was kind of a, a sleeper in that um, we weren't expecting just because they do have a, a couple new pieces that I think are doing really well for them. So um, it, it's been you know great to see them have a successful out-of-conference season. But the Maryland's, um, Michigan, obviously, those are two of the top teams. And then I think um, Iowa will continue to be one of those top teams. So I think those are probably the three teams that we expected um, to be with us um, really in the hunt for the Big Ten Championship. Yeah. And like I said, we got a lot. Hopefully we got several more episodes to go. As we said, this is only number five of 12. Um, Mm -hmm. But we I just kind of wanted to get an idea of what you felt about the Big Ten here before it gets started too deep Mm -hmm. into the season. Um, Grace, you got any final thoughts you want to leave us with? No, I mean, I think I want to encourage everyone to come to the Maryland game on um, the second because we've never beaten Maryland at Indiana, but we feel like we have. Um, you know, the best team we've had in a long time. So, um, you know, we need, obviously they're a really talented team. So we need all the help we can get um, from the best fans in the country. So, you know, if you can be there, um, we'd love to have you in the stands um, cheering us on and helping us, you know, hopefully beat them for the first time. Yeah. And and I would echo that. Get out if you can watch these ladies. They're playing some fantastic basketball. And for those of you who can't make it or if you do get to the game, Kathy Amos and I are hosting co-hosting a new postgame show here on the Back Home Network called Doing the Work and playing a little bit of a pun on Coach Morin's uh, phrase or not pun, but a play on Coach Morin's phrase. Um, so we usually do those live after the game, but if we can, if not, we'll do them the next day, but we are trying to do a post-game show after each women's game. So join us for that if you can. Um, and Grace, I want to thank you for being with us this evening. Until we talk again, good luck this week and against obviously Maryland, but also the games we talked about coming up. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that will do it for this episode of the Grace Berger Show on Assembly Call on the Back Home Network. For Grace Berger, I'm Jeff Marlowe. Until we talk again, remember, go Hoosiers! One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.